this episode of Green Grass and High Tides, I'm going to be talking about rhubarb. It's one of my favourite vegetables and I look forward to sharing some key facts and some ideas and recipes, how to grow it, how to harvest and where to get hold of good rhubarb at what time of the year. It's going to be in association with 44 Foods. If you're looking for a new way to do your weekly shop, then check out 44foods.com. They partner with UK producers who are passionate about the fantastic food they create, whether that's fresh fish from the Cornish coast or prime Scottish beef. They take a passion for delicious food and deliver it with care direct to your door. 44foods.com Now, rhubarb is one of those vegetables that I've grown up um, observing, you know, on my grandpa's vegetable plot in my own garden. Um, And whenever you go visit someone who is a keen gardener, you will often find a little patch of rhubarb. And it's so obvious to spot because of its huge, almost Jurassic leaves that prop come up and and then the striking pink sort of magenta red stems, which um, obviously the bit that we use to cook with. I um, I particularly like a um, a haiku poem by the chap called Michael McClintock, who says, "Rhubarb leaves, how they soften the pelting rain." And I think it is obviously an attractive perennial. Um, its its large leaves are, are quite easy to spot. Um, and then the stalks sort of changing colour from um, red to pale green and then obviously bright pink. It's often used as a dessert ingredient. So um, it can be treated like a fruit in pies and and rhubarb crumble or with or with yoghurt as a fool. Um, the stems picked best in the spring, um, but plants can also be covered with a large pot and forced, which we're going to talk about in quite a lot more detail. So these um, early crops are obviously available from late winter and the flavour of rhubarb for me is it's sweet depending on the age of the stems but with a sharp almost sherbet like sourness to it that's just ah, addictive like once you get a a really good batch. Um, The crop's mainly grown actually in in the north of England and Yorkshire in a place that's referred to as the rhubarb triangle, a small area that has actually been granted PDO status, so protected designation of origin. The rhubarb I'm using today is slightly different. It's from um, the Wye Valley, Herefordshire, um, Worcestershire, a really great group of growers under Mudwall's farm. I'm going to talk about them and the provenance in a bit more detail uh, later. So it's highly regarded by chefs, uh, primarily because of its complex flavour. There's nothing quite like rhubarb. It's It's got a low acidity, but with a, a sort of a delicate sharpness. It's got great health benefits and it's, you know, pretty in pink, like seriously beautiful colour. Key facts around it. So I think that very often people hear the phrase forced rhubarb. And actually this requires sort of cold temperatures, um, basically, that trigger the as the, the sort of the horticultural term is, is a vernalization of the root. So it's a signal that it needs to start growing again. And milder winters actually mean that the season is gradually getting a bit later. But the season, it, it runs roughly from mid-January to, to March. And obviously with the changing weather, that is, it is um, ever-evolving. But there's all sorts of different ways of producing rhubarb in your own garden. It's really quite straightforward, and we're going to talk about that in more detail. In the garden, when you're harvesting the rhubarb, you want to, again, sort of stress that for the first year or two, if you've just got a new plant, let it grow, don't, don't harvest it, and that will just build that strength in the root system in the crown. But when you are harvesting, don't sort of snap it off. You want to hold the stalk at the base and just ease it out of the ground. 
rhubarb is pretty edible you know through the summer but it's it's really important to stop harvesting it and not not weaken the plant so when you get to about june you know avoid avoid harvesting it and this this rhubarb season is is precious because it's so short in many ways like the forced rhubarb season it really can run you know pretty much from easter or christmas to easter and that forcing technique which has been sort of pioneered up in yorkshire and adopted in loads of growers around the country it's very very good at producing you know wonderful rhubarb for for a longer season the rhubarb that i've got to play with today is is from mudwell's farm which is a farm based in warwickshire and they started out growing um fruit from a you know pick your own business and it ended up going into uh, the canning industry for all sorts of fruits they've diversified and they celebrate you know fine produce and working with other family growers so the rhubarb here is is from the Y Valley uh, in Herefordshire. Um, I spent a lot of time up um, on the border between Worcester and Worcestershire and Herefordshire, and we always used to talk about like the Vale of Evesham and asparagus growing. There's a really successful, rich heritage around it up there. So I think that it's it's come from a great place, and I think the quality of it and what I've got in front of me as as a vegetable is you can just tell the care that's gone into the growing and the expertise is is fantastic. If you are looking to buy rhubarb, I think always, always look for, you know, firm, like unbruised stems. You don't really need the leaves. Sometimes they are sold with bunches of leaves on, on them, but avoid any floppy or slimy um, stems because that'll just show that it's it's past its best. It was maybe picked some time ago. And if you are going to a farm shop, you might find the leaves still attached, but discard those before cooking because remember they're they're toxic keeps for about a week in the fridge um, and you can freeze it as well it's really good to just chop up into one inch sections and then tray freeze you know so that you can then bundle it together in a bag and but easily take out a portion at a time and i also absolutely love preserving and uh, pickling and making chutneys from rhubarb cooking it is 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 really good fun but it's also it's a bit like uh, you've got to watch your timings, basically, because if you overcook rhubarb, it sort of implodes, the, the texture sort of disintegrates. And it's wonderful that way if you're then, you know, doing a rhubarb fool where you you just sort of gently fold it into some yogurt. And that's a delicious dessert. But if you do want to have a little bit of bite, that's really key to, to watch your timing. I think it's also important not to over uh, sweeten it. Sometimes people will throw too much sugar at rhubarb and it loses that natural balance of of slightly tart flavor so it's it's one which i think is almost like give it some attention and then the results can be absolutely delicious forced rhubarb requires sub-zero temperatures you know real cold cold weather to to trigger the vernalization which is actually uh the roots that are receive a signal to start growing again and it actually has affected the the season with these milder winters we've been having so the season is starting a little later but growers you know they adapt they work around this and they they have staggered the the rhubarb season so that uh, it now runs from sort of you know mid-january through to april and it's it's very much different growers in different parts of the uk will will adopt a different method of growing i'm going to talk to you just about good old garden rhubarb that you can produce yourself at home and it's very much something that to me is it's all about heritage it's a, a classic flavor with some great recipe ideas that you can play with inspired by the past but 
a very rich history. Uh, people sort of, I think, think it originated from either Siberia or China. Um, and even 2000 years ago, rhubarb was hugely popular, 2000 BC, for its medicinal properties. So it's a very healthy vegetable. But I'm going to go through some of these myths around rhubarb and, and discuss a few key facts. So growers will actually stagger the crop to try and provide us with rhubarb for a longer season. But I mean, botanically speaking, the pink stems are actually almost the, the, the petal, petals of, of the plant. It's, um, it's proven that forced rhubarb has got particularly good health benefits and the, the ability to help you know, detoxify and cleanse. And there's good concentrations of, of things called uh, polyphenols, which are basically or polyphenols. They're molecules that in plants provide a great antioxidant property, but also it boasts low acidity compared to outdoor grown crops. Uh, the forcing process was discovered uh, way back um, Chelsea Psychic Garden in uh, 1817. Um, and the plant originates from uh, either Siberia or China, where it was used very often as medicine, um, all, you know, all the way back to 2000 BC. The, the British growers are sort of under threat from, from the Netherlands, who are also growing large amounts of rhubarb now, but it's very much well uh, respected globally as, as British um, rhubarb has got a fantastic reputation uh, for its quality. Um, obviously, that rhubarb triangle that I mentioned um, in Yorkshire and this area of, of protected status, it actually led to such a boom in rhubarb when they established the the forced sort of methods in the late 19th century that um, there was a daily train that ran from um, Aldersley down to London uh, called the Rhubarb Express and, and it was actually you know transporting hundreds and hundreds of tons to Spitalfields Market and, and Covent Garden Market in, in a day. So super popular I think it's a bit of a culinary British institution rhubarb. I'm going to do a classic dish in sort of tribute to rhubarb and its reputation so rhubarb and custard tart but as i say it's been popular in this country for a very long time and i think you know it it used to be viewed as a medicine in in ancient china uh, they believed it would help digestion and it was taken by the emperor it's kind of it's got a really rich history uh, re revolving around its its health issues but the leaves are actually pretty poisonous so do do be careful basically always trim the leaves in large doses it can actually close your throat. It's got something called um, oxalic acid, which is basically, well, it's used in stain remover, metal polish and, and things. So don't mess with it. It's, it's pretty dangerous stuff. But rhubarb itself, the stems are not poisonous, even if you eat them raw, but only in small quantities because it does contain a lot of this um, oxalic acid. So by cooking it, it nullifies the, the negative effect of that. And I think that's very important. You, you know, in the olden days, people used to dip bits of raw rhubarb into sugar, a bit like early sherbet dips. You know, so it can be eaten raw, but only in small quantities. In terms of combining it with other uh, ingredients, you you can actually you know do all sorts of interesting things with it. Whether it's dehydrated, stewed, boiled, you know, all sorts of different options, which we'll talk about in a sec and we actually in, in our garden at home we've got a bottle of um, rhubarb mordant which is made from the leaves um, which are then sort of it's a tibetan method of, of making a dye uh, a natural dye which comes out as a pale yellow color where you 
you boil up the rhubarb leaves in, in with wool and you dye the wool and it's it's not the sort of thing you ever use near a kitchen but it's interesting that it's got different uses it's it's one of those zero waste type vegetables and this is what I want to talk about next actually a bit of a myth rhubarb is actually a vegetable um, many people have swapped it in different places and in grocery stores and and supermarkets greengrocers you'll find it sometimes along with all of the vegetables other times with the fruit it's it's interchangeable but um, I always treat it in the kitchen more like a fruit by using sugar uh, just to tame that um, slightly sour flavor but botanically speaking it is 100% a vegetable Um, more precisely it's actually a stem vegetable so it means that the fleshy stem is eaten now it's very very good for your health and that's um partly because as again going back to this ancient uh china um way of using it it was actually fairly unpleasantly to talk about you know but thousands and thousands of years ago as a a laxative sort of to stimulate your digestive system so and that's because it has lots of soluble fiber um, and pectin but it was very much used in that regard but it's also incredibly high in vitamin c uh, lots of good minerals and it's perfect for your health the color also is a good indication that depending on the variety and, and the season it can taste very sour or be mildly sweet so the color of the stem helps if it's green with you know green flesh it's going to be very sour the redder stems with bits of green flesh have a almost like a subtle tart taste but if it's red and bright pink then it's going to have the mildest flavor generally be a bit sweeter uh, and i think that's why the the sort of pink red stems are the most popular rhubarb that you can get hold of when it comes to growing it it's really something that is very tough to grow from seed so you, you've got to either try and buy a, a crown um, and then plant that or if you've got any neighbors or people you know who have a rhubarb plant they might divide it up and give you a bit um, and then yeah it's it comes back every year as a perennial so it's something lovely to have in the garden and to look forward to you want to try and keep it free of weeds around the area and generally mulch which means sort of cover with some well-rotted manure or compost you don't want to completely cover the crown of the rhubarb plant because it can rot you water it when it's really dry spells in the summer just so that it survives until it starts really growing again in the autumn and i think it's also relatively easy to diy and do your own forced rhubarb Um, if you are giving a go at that then you're going to want to cover the crown with a bucket um, an upturned large plant pot or something in winter and that excludes the light and what it then does it basically allows new stems to reach up and through the container and then when they're ready for harvesting the the forced stems will be lighter in color but they're actually quite a lot more tender than sort of open garden grown Um, rhubarb the plant as i say uh, it needs a little bit of maintenance to keep it healthy over the year but generally if you've got a dormant crown um, it's going to stay pretty quiet for most of the year and then when it does become active with growth that's the great time to sort of really reap the rewards of having uh, a little rhubarb patch in the garden again forcing it at home uh, i suppose the basic steps here and it's all about prevent light from reaching the crown and that encourages it basically to start growing early Um, and then the pale force stalks are are really good just harvested when they're 20 30 centimeters long so to do this basically all you do i suppose uh, step one is you clear around the base of the plant and you get rid of all of the old leaves 
weed it and mulch and that can be you know some straw mixed in with some rotted manure compost so that gives it some extra nutrients ready for the next stage step two you want to cover it with a large pot um, you can use an upturned half a barrel um, a, an old bin or a large plant pot and then insulate it with sort of a bundle of straw or even bubble wrap just something that will keep it warm next step uh, step three basically you've got forced stems that are going to be ready to harvest about eight eight nine weeks after covering you gently pull the stems from the base of the crown get rid of the poisonous sort of toxic leaves and then start cooking and enjoy it it's um it's really important as well not to force a single crown of rhubarb especially like a younger one um, that you've got in the garden for two years in a row so let it have a year to come back and crop naturally the second year otherwise it's it's almost uh it's just mean you don't don't bully the the rhubarb and try and take advantage of it you want to force one year and then allow to rest and just grow naturally the second year it's also actually got almost no calories so it's 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 very very low in calories it's um tends to not be too healthy because people then add lots of sugar to it so um, obviously you've got to look at how you use it but pickled rhubarb with a bit of ginger served with some mackerel can be delicious um, i also love to make uh yeah sort of rhubarby chutneys using spices and serving it again with rich dishes or um, as a as a way of cutting through oily fish um, or pork fantastic again as an accompaniment to that so sometimes you have to just uh, wash a little bit of soil from the the, st the base of the stem from rhubarb but most of the time it's just a matter of chopping it up um, the way you like and that could be you know nice one inch sections um, if you're just doing something rustic or into batons like um, use a small knife a paring knife top and tail and then basically just go for very fine shapes if you want to um, make a, a more refined dessert today i'm going to be cooking rhubarb and custard tart and just using some of those batons which i'm going to macerate with some sugar just to really sort of sweeten them up just a touch soften them in the oven and then make a rhubarb jelly to go on top but they can be eaten raw and i do think you know try it you know just not too often and not too much because that's when it's bad for you so if you try a piece of rhubarb that's really important as a means to understand how to season it so people used to you know take the little uh, little strip of rhubarb and dip it into a bowl of sugar and that was a bit actually the inspiration behind the sherbet uh, dib dabs and sweets and things so it does it and the reason it's so useful to do that is because then you know have you got a a stem that is you know very mild tasting really tart and, and sour and therefore you might add extra sugar so it's a little bit like a an indicator if you just try it raw that will help you then gauge whether or not to adapt your recipe and either throw an extra little tablespoon of sugar in or you know pair it back and, and use less sugar with that batch as it cooks it releases loads of moisture and this is where you don't need to add much extra liquid if any because it sort of just suddenly goes whoosh and will will sort of disintegrate into the pan the flavor is also pretty pretty difficult to to go wrong with because it's bold it's robust it's it's you know it's as the plant in the garden appears it's it's really full of life so you can get away with 
using ginger like that's a very nice common common sort of pairing which works well i also really like um star anise um cardamom um you look at nutty flavors hazelnuts in particular I, I find really work well and it's it's so versatile at being used in sweet desserts but also chutneys i think pairing it with orange and going with you know venison pork mackerel um, making a rhubarb relish and then serving it on a, on a plowman's as a twist a friend of mine uh, does a lovely rhubarb jam i think she adds vanilla to it as well so it's so versatile you can really play around with it and again you know gin rhubarb gin make your own at home just get you know a fairly standard bottle of gin add some rhubarb infuse it allow that color and that flavor to subtly go into your gin and you can then play around with your own fancy seasonal cocktails at home um, for me it's it's also it's got this quality which goes back to that lovely hard-boiled sweet the old rhubarb and custard where it's got a, a sort of a fizzy sweet texture and a sort of flavor to it sorry where it does make perfect old-fashioned desserts it's got almost like a granny smith apple tartness to it combined with oh, a strawberry jam sweetness it's it's one of the best ingredients to play with i think you could probably gather i'm pretty pretty into it but i'm going to be cooking now a recipe which is simple um, i'm not a pastry chef i always think it's funny that you know dessert backwards uh, spells stressed and <laughs> it's not my my forte to to get too fancy in in the kitchen with with my pastry but i'm going to make a short crust pastry using some wholemeal flour a little bit of ground hazelnuts in there for texture and a, a subtle nutty flavor and then a rich custard base uh, which I'm going to spice with uh, some pink peppercorns and then star anise batons of rhubarb and a, a lovely jelly to, as a sweet topping. So real simple, easy recipe, but with a little bit of a chefy twist. And I think basically, you know, get on to 44foods.com, buy yourself some rhubarb and uh, enjoy cooking it. This recipe is a real classic British combination of rhubarb and custard. I'm doing a couple of twists on it, but it's generally just a really old-fashioned tart. So I've made a pastry, which has got some ground hazelnuts, which goes really well with rhubarb, and wholemeal flour. It's just been resting in the fridge for an hour um, using some unsalted butter, a little bit of icing sugar. And I'm going to roll this flat and then lay it into a, um, an, a greased tin. So this is one of my favourite flavour combinations. It's rhubarb and custard. And I'm just making a very classic tart. So I've made some short crust pastry enriched with a little bit of icing sugar, an egg, wholemeal flour, and then also some ground hazelnuts in there for texture. So that's rested for an hour. I'm now going to blind bake it. So just um, lining it with a sheet of baking parchment and some baking beads and I'll bake this in the oven for about half an hour um, and then move on to the rhubarb element um, which I've done a few different things with the rhubarb um, we're going to macerate some of it and the rest I'm also going to use to make a syrup which will then turn into a jelly and that jelly is going to go on top of the custard so into the oven, 
with the pastry and now I'm going to move on to making a really simple custard but using some clotted cream for extra um, Cornish goodness. While the pastry is blind baking I'm going to move on to the the main component of this which is obviously the rhubarb itself. I've got some of this wonderful pink sort of blush coloured rhubarb grown in the Y Valley uh, by the Chin family. It's really very very sweet. Um, it's obviously got that unique rhubarb sharpness to it but what I'm doing is um, just cutting it into battens probably an uh, inch and a half long and actually in the olden days you, know, you would take a little bit of rhubarb and you could just dip it into some sugar eat it raw just like a sherbet dip it's actually delicious not too sharp and I think eating rhubarb you know if you overcook it it's useful to use in a fool or something and pop it in with your yogurt as a compote but with this dish all I'm going to do is macerate it for 20 minutes or so so what that means is sprinkling it with some sugar and allowing some of that juice to come out and then I'm going to just uh, roast it on a baking tray in the oven um, to to soften just so I can still handle it and to that I'm actually going to add um, some star anise. Now star anise one of my favorite spices so I'm going to crush a bit of star anise and sprinkle some over the rhubarb that's going into the oven and the other bit like a, about a tablespoon worth is going into the off cuts of the rhubarb so just the the top and tails when I'm chopping these little battens if I got a piece which doesn't fit because I want to do a, a fairly uniform size to the to the rhubarb strips and any extras just like this bit it's going over there into a pan of water and what I'm going to do with that is reduce it down into a really lovely pink rhubarb syrup then we're going to move on to making some sweet custard while the pastry is in the oven and I'm going to enrich that with some vanilla and maybe actually infuse it as well with some pink peppercorns all of this sounds a bit nuts but actually it really does work rhubarb's incredibly good at pairing with things like ginger, uh, star anise, hazelnut, spices. So I'm going to use a bit of pink peppercorn. I find it's got a really lovely floral note, which is going to work nicely just to give a, a hint of warmth behind the, um, the, the custard as well. So getting these things on the go over here, um, we've got at the front, the rhubarb water, and I'm going to pop in some sugar, about two tablespoons and simmer that for about 15 minutes just till I've got a really lovely rhubarb infused liquor um, and then we're going to move on with a bain-marie to preparing our custard. So I'm making a really simple custard um, it's basically half lovely double cream this is organic Cotswold cream and then some Cornish clotted cream as well in that goes to a saucepan just to warm through on a low temperature with some vanilla. I've got a uh, really nice vanilla pod. Just pop that heat on to warm. Scrape out the seeds. I'm going to throw the whole thing in there. And then I'm also, as I mentioned, going to add a little pinch of pink peppercorns as well. Strain it just before we move on to the next stage. So I'm just scraping out these beautiful vanilla seeds. There we go. So this is a classic creme pat really basic to make. I've got lots of egg yolks. I'm going to beat them while the cream is 
heating up. Get that nice and smooth. And then pinch of pink peppercorns. Meanwhile, the uh, rhubarb syrup is bubbling away really nicely. Uh, that's just got the caster sugar in it, rhubarb and the star anise. And what I'm going to do is let that cool and then put in a, a little bit of uh, agar, which is sort of a agar agar is a, a seaweed setting um, agent. It's basically like gelatin, but obviously being down here in Cornwall, I quite like the old uh, seaweed version of it. So that's a beautiful, sweet pink liquor or syrup in there. Let that cool, strain it and then put in some setting agents. So that's going to form the jelly. Meanwhile, just coming out the oven here, I've got the batons of rhubarb that are um, macerated for 20 minutes and then cooked in the oven just for 10, 10, 15 minutes to soften. So they're still handable, handleable, <laughs> able to be picked up and arranged in a nice fancy pattern on top of this uh, rhubarb and custard tart. There are certain smells in the kitchen that really get me excited. And this is one vanilla uh, spiced custard. It's um, the cream that's been infused and is now warm, but not as, as hot as boiling point. You want to keep it just below that. I've got the egg yolks that I've just uh, popped in a bowl with sugar. And I'm now going to, over a bain-marie, add a little bit at a time of this wonderful, rich, clotted cream uh, and double cream mixture. And it's going to cook the eggs. And we're going to end up with a really gorgeous creme pat that we can pop into the pastry case in a minute. The custard part of the uh, tart is now cooked. It's got a slight wobble to it, which is great, but it's set. If you cook it for too long, it, it can sort of curdle. So um, 20 to 30 minutes in the oven at 170. That's set the custard. And now I've got this lovely rhubarb um, syrup that I've added a little teaspoon of setting agent using agar agar in this case. I'm going to pour that on and now just get that on there. And then arranging the batons of rhubarb that we've just roasted in the oven. So a little bit of sugar just to cut through the acidity, but keep them nice and sharp and sweet. And I'm arranging those in any old pattern you like, really. You could do straight rows. I'm going for a slight um, chevron sort of a herringbone pattern on top. And then let it cool in the jelly. And it's as simple as that. A beautiful seasonal rhubarb and custard tart. So this rhubarb and custard tart is now cooled, set. Um, I've just arranged a very simple pattern of rhubarb on the top and it's gonna taste delicious really seasonal really fresh uh, a few twists in the recipe with a little bit of um, spice mi mixed in there and some wholemeal pastry but an absolute classic and a recipe that I really love